You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. Last week, we started a brand new sermon series that we've entitled, It's What We Do. And what's this all about? Well, one of the things that I've noticed over the last number of years is there's a lot of people who say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christ follower, and they know how to talk the talk, but they don't always walk the walk. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? A lot of people say, I'm a believer, but they just don't do uh, what the believers are supposed to do. So over the next few weeks, we're going to take care of certain things. For example, next week, we're going to talk about what do we do? We grow intentionally. It's all about spiritual growth. Two weeks, we're going to talk about prayer. We pray fervently. And then we're going to talk about disciple making. This is why do we focus on prayer and discipleship and growth? And today, we're going to talk about giving. We give uh, generously. Why? Because we're Christ followers, and it's what we do. I want us to be men and women Christ followers who receive the blessings of God. So today, we're going to talk about giving. Why? Uh, because I want you to be blessed. Is that okay? If I were not to preach and teach about giving and tithing, then I would, be, I would not be presenting to you what God's Word says about how to be blessed. Does anybody want to be blessed of God? Amen. Well, we're going to talk about that today. And in Luke chapter 11, verse 41, I'm going to read just a short portion of it from the Living Bible. And it says this, purity is best demonstrated by generosity. Wow. Purity, that means living right. That means honoring God is best demonstrated by generosity. And today we're going to talk about this theme, give generously. Heavenly Father, thank you that we have the privilege of being right here in your presence. Thank you for these moments we're able to spend, Lord, in worship. Now that we, as we get into the teaching of your word, we pray that you would enlighten our minds and our hearts and that we would know what it is to draw closer to you. We give you the glory and praise. And, Lord, would you speak to us through this message in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. How many of you love to talk about the promises of God? Well, the Bible, according to most scholars, has over 7,000 promises of God. Do I hear an amen to that? Amen. Now, most of God's promises are, we use the term conditional. What do we mean by conditional promises? That means when you've got to do your part and God would do his part. Many times the word of God's promises will say, okay, if you do this, then God says, I will do this. So in other words, we have to initiate this process of the promises of God. And uh, here at Fortress Church, you've heard me talk about this. We've got to do our part, and God will do his part. There are are many of God's promises that are connected to this principle of generosity and the blessings of God. We here at Fortress Church, what are we all about? We're all about loving God and loving people. And when we tie that into this word generosity... I'm going to say that generosity is love in action. I mean, no, we need to put our our love and our faith in action. Amen? 
Someone once said, and I've said this before from the pulpit here, you can, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. If I were to tell my wife, Brenda, I love you. And if I were to tell her time and time again, I'm talking the talk. But if I don't bless her with a birthday gift when her birthday comes around, if I don't give her anything for Christmas or forget her anniversary, how many know I would, I'm going to be in the doghouse, okay? Do I hear an amen? Oh, I heard an amen from right over there, okay? Well, you know what? <clears throat> because um, it's more than talking to talk. It's easy to say I love you, but you got to back it up. Well, in our relationship with the Lord, it's easy to say, Lord, I love you. But it's a little more difficult to back it up with action. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Now, if you study the Word of God, and it depends on the version of the Bible that you use, you're going to find that the word pray is used approximately 371 times in the Bible. The word believe is used about 272 times in the Bible. The word love, we need love, is used about 714 times in the Bible. And the word give is used about 2,152 times. Why is that? Is it, is it because prayer is not as important? Well, prayer is important. Believe is, not, believe is important. Love is important. But I have a feeling that God knows giving is one area that we as Christ followers struggle with. And so for that reason, the Bible addresses this topic a little bit more. Now, let's start off with some basics today because we're going to walk through a number of things that I believe you will be blessed with. What is a tithe? The Word of God tells us what a tithe is, and the definition of a tithe is this, 10% of one's income. Just very simple, 10% of one's income. The Bible speaks about this in the Old Testament book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 10. It says, bring the whole tithe to my storehouse. Test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you won't have enough room for it. Now, I love that, but some people will will argue the fact, well, pastor, that's an Old Testament scripture, and we don't live by Old Testament. Now, the last time I looked, my Bible is from Genesis to Revelation, amen? And the Bible is from Old Testament, New Testament, and, and, and praise God for that. And I believe that there are principles both in the Old Testament and the New Testament that we need to adhere to. Do I hear an amen to that? It would be like me saying, well, the Ten Commandments, that's an Old Testament. Those are Old Testament principles, so I don't need to abide by the Ten Commandments. I, I, don't, I don't need to refrain from adultery. I don't need to refrain from lying. I don't need to refrain uh, from stealing. No, no. Those are principles we need to live by today, amen? And uh, and sometimes people try to argue about that. Well, well, how come tithing is not really used in the New Testament? Well, if you read Matthew 23, Jesus talks about tithing, but he takes it to another level. Jesus always has a way of taking everything to another level. In fact, in Matthew 23, he starts condemning the Pharisees. And one of the things he says is, you guys tithe, but you do it with the wrong attitude. Jesus says, yes, you got to tithe, but you have the right attitude about it. And he says, pretty much, it's, it's more than just the 10%. It's about giving your all to God. Once again, Jesus has a way of, of, of challenging us to take it to another level. So for a few minutes, I want to talk about five principles very quickly about generosity, and what does it do in our spiritual life? Number one, generosity tests your faith. That's what it does. In 2 Corinthians 9.13, in the Phillips version of the Bible, it says, your very giving proves the reality of your faith. Your very giving proves the reality of your faith. In Philemon 1.6, it says, you are generous because of your 
faith. So in other words, when we tithe, when we give, it's a reflection of our faith in God. Do I, do I really trust God? Or do I trust God in certain areas of my life, but not my finances? That's a question each of us need to ask. Francis Frangapain says this, even if we all have is, uh, even if we have is a little, the Lord desires us to be joyfully generous so that he will have for his church an abundance for every good work. Let us not be selfish or deceived by money. In a real sense, money is not a blessing. It is a test. Hmm. I want you to hear this testimony from Lisa Natalie. She wrote this, tithing changed my life. In 2012, I didn't even know what tithing was. Never heard of the term before. Someone told me about it, giving 10% of all the money that comes into me and acknowledge God as my source and supply. I thought they must be crazy, she said. But I was open to trying new things because I recognized in the air of money, I was definitely blocked. At that time, she says, I was deep in debt, three credit cards and no money. I didn't know how I was going to tithe. I couldn't even pay my own bills. But I knew something had to change, so I thought, I have nothing to lose, so I'm going to start doing this. So I started keeping track of every of all the money in my little notebook, every penny, dime, <clears throat> dollar that I was blessed with, and I calculated 10% and, and invested in my tithe. I did this before I paid my bills. I did this before I spent it on other things. I started to know <clears throat> that the first 10% didn't belong to me. Within the first 48 hours, money began coming in. I wrote it down in my little notebook, blessed the money, put it back, at least put 10% back into the Lord's work. About the third week of my tithing, I received an unexpected check in the mail. I thought it was a fake check at first. Then I realized it was real. And it, this realization came to me bigger than ever that I needed a tithe, and, uh, which I did, and I've never looked back since then. She says this, yes, we know that if you've never tithed before, it's like the scariest thing in the whole world. We know. Before I started tithing, I'd throw a couple of dollars in the offering bucket, but today my 10% far exceeds my previous 90%. Great testimony. Some of you have testimonies of how God has blessed you as you've made it your purpose to tithe and to give God and trust God, not just with the 10%, but everything that God gives us. Stephen Furtick says this, faith is not the absence of doubt. It's a means to overcome it. So once again, what is generosity? It's a test of our faith. Number two, generosity indicates where your priorities are. It indicates where your priorities are. I read from Deuteronomy 14.23 from the Living Bible. It says, the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first in your lives. How many of you want to put God first in your lives? Tithing indicates where your priorities are at. Because let's face it, when we talk about finances, we look forward to that paycheck and and who gets the first of that? Matthew 6.21, it is here that Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, if I spend money on, on my wife, it shows that that's where my heart is. If I spend money on my children, it shows that's where my heart is. If I invest in the stock market, let's just say I invest in, in Apple stock, you better believe my heart's going to be there. I'm going to see what's going up or down or whatever, because my heart is there. The Bible teaches us where your treasure is, 
there your heart will be also. But if I put my treasure in the kingdom of God, if I tithe, if I give to God, guess where my heart is? In the kingdom of God. And that's kind of where it needs to be in the kingdom of God. And when we tithe, it kind of keeps us from the trap of materialism. Matt Jabs wrote his story. Listen to his testimony. He says, part of my duty as a Christian is to give of my first fruits back to the Lord's church in the form of a tithe. That is, I am to give 10% of my earnings to the church in obedience to God's word. He says, does the Lord need our money? No, he can do anything he wishes anytime he wishes. However, the tithing of his people is a system he chose to implement and work through. So as Christians, we need to faithfully give in this manner. He says, have I tithed faithfully since my salvation in 1999? No, regrettably, I have not. At times, I've been a faithful giver. And at other times, I've been disobedient to my Lord and withheld my tithe for one reason or another. He says, looking back over the years as a Christian, I can see that the times of my greatest financial stability, regardless of how much money I was bringing in, was in direct correlation to whether or not I was tithing. He says this, before I was a tither, this is what happened. I was living paycheck to paycheck. I waited until the due date to pay my bills. Every single month, I seemed to incur random expenses that consumed my extra money and pushed me into more debt. Always was broke, uh, had to take care of bank fees. I was dealing with a guilty conscience and a heavy heart. But since I became a tither, he says, I'm able to save at least $200 a month. I pay every bill the day it comes in the mail. Random expenses have declined. And for the first time, we filed taxes. My wife and I married filing jointly. We received a sizable return on our income tax. And I have a clear conscience and a happy countenance and a peace that passes all understanding. Amen. Some of you know what it's like. The difference that has happened in your life when you put God first in your finances. The letter T, when we're looking at five ways uh, of uh, generosity, what does it do? It triggers God's blessings. It triggers God's blessings. Proverbs 22.9 says, Generous people will be blessed. Deuteronomy 15.10 says, Give generously. Then because of this, God will bless you. God will bless you in all your work, and in everything you put your hand to do. Does anybody want to be blessed in all your work and in everything you put your hand to do? It's a promise of God here. I read a story that Nancy was a single mother of young children, and her ex-husband sent her only a small amount of grocery money every week, so small that it couldn't even feed one person, much less her family of four. But she decided to begin giving to God from even the little bit of money she was getting. Well, shortly thereafter, she got a job with a cookbook company. The company paid Nancy to go grocery shopping uh, on their tab, prepare meals so that, they, so that they could take photographs for their cookbooks. And when they were done taking pictures, they said, you go ahead and keep all the groceries and the food, go ahead and take it home. And Nancy had enough to feed her kids because of her, her job. You know, God has a way of blessing that we don't always understand. Paul says this, Found in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, God loves the one who who gives gladly, and God will make it up to you by giving you everything you need and more, so that there will not be enough for your own needs, but plenty left over to give joyfully to others. Amen? Proverbs 11, 25 says, a generous man will prosper. 
He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. So once again, the premise of here, what does generosity do? It triggers God's blessings. Now, one of the things I love is Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul. And that's a little digging deeper uh, notes that we have. Some of you use it for your connect group. Some of you use it for your personal Bible study. Digging deeper is bless the Lord. How can we bless the Lord? That's what we're dealing with this coming, uh, this week on our digging deeper notes. Number four, what does generosity do? It honors God. Generosity honors God. Proverbs 3, 9 says this, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. How many of you want to honor God? Amen. Let me tell you a story about this man named William. Young man, actually when he, he was only 16 years old, uh, this is when his story began, he left home to seek his fortune. Now, he didn't leave, leave home on bad terms with his dad because actually his family was poor and his dad says, William, you have my blessing if you leave the house because I can barely take care of you, much less the rest of the family. So he packed his little, the little that he had and he started leaving. And as he was leaving, he ran into a neighbor and neighbor said, well, William, where are you going? Well, I think I'm going to New York City. I, I think my, my dad is too poor to keep me at home any longer. And he says, I got to make a living for myself. I'm 16 years old now. Well, William told his friend that the only thing he knew how to do in life was to make soap and to make candles that he was helping his dad. He learned that little trade. Well, the man says, let me pray over you before you head to the big city. And he prayed. And then this neighbor friend decided not only to pray over William, but give him words of life. And he said something like this, someone soon will be the leading soap maker in New York. It may as well be you. He says, you be a good man, you serve the Lord, and you pay your tithe to the Lord, and God will bless you. Well, when the teenager, William, arrived in the big city, he found it hard to get work. But he remembered what he learned as a child. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything will be added unto you. So he found a good church, and he remembered what his neighbor said. Even if you have a little bit, you know, he, he had a, a small job, he began to tithe. And then he got another job at this, at this business, and uh, he, the Lord prospered him, and he became a partner in this particular business. And then a couple of years later, his partner died. Well, William continued to give and tithe and tithe. William took over the sole ownership of this business. He prospered. The business grew. The family was blessed. The soap sold. That's what he knew how to do. And uh, he then began tithing 20% then 30% and 40% and even up to 50%, took care of his family. He prospered in everything and uh, all because he began to give God, even when he was poor, the little that he had, he began to tithe. Oh, by the way, his last name is Colgate, William, <clears throat> William Colgate. Some of you know him as a soap maker, as a toothpaste guy. Yeah, and it all started because he was honoring God. Number five. Generosity expands your influence. Generosity expands your influence. Proverbs eleven twenty four in the message version says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy will get smaller and smaller. You know, what, what does God do when we give? He, he expands our influence. Psalm 112, verse 9 says, those 
who give generously to those in need will never be forgotten. They will have influence and honor. When you're at the end of your life, perhaps you will reflect on how you spent your money and resources. Some will say, oh, I had a fancy car. I had a nice house. I wore expensive clothes. Now, let me say this. There's nothing wrong with any of that. No, no, no. But I have a feeling what would be more important to you than the clothes you wear, the car you drove, or the house that you lived in were the people that are in heaven because of what you gave. Wouldn't that be more important to say, you know what? There are people in heaven because I tithed, I gave to the kingdom of God, even though it was a sacrifice. There are missionaries that I supported. There's a church that I supported, and because of that, many people came to faith in Christ, and they are spending eternity in heaven. By the way, when, we, when you tithe at Fortress Church, you help us support uh, about 33 missionaries every month. And if you would like a, a list of our missionary support list right over there at the Connection Hub, you can pick it up before you leave. You're more than welcome to do that. So when you invest, when you tithe and give to Fortress Church, I want you to know your reach goes way beyond 7760 Prue Road, okay? goes way beyond here. literally goes all around the world. Rick Warren said this, at the end of your life on earth, you will be evaluated and rewarded according to how well you handled what God entrusted to you. In other words, have you given God the first fruits? Here's a great quote from Dr. Bernice A. King about, uh, about what she, she understands about giving. Understand that you have gifts and talents to offer the world. A lot of people do feel pressure because of the competitive nature of our society to try to outdo somebody else. But really... You still sit, uh, if you sit still and dig deep within yourself, you'll discover everything you need to know that is necessary for you to live a fulfilling and complete life. Of course, Dr. Bernice King is a daughter of Martin Luther King. And she, she talks about how important it is for us to not hoard everything ourselves, our gifts and our talents and our resources, but invest in others and you will make a difference. In his book, The Treasure Principle, Randy Alcorn was, saying, was quoted as saying this, when you leave this world, will you be known as the one who accumulated treasures on earth that you couldn't keep? Or will you be recognized as the one who invested treasures in heaven that you couldn't lose? Either way, that's sometimes how we're known. I want to I wanna take a minute just to close with a story about a man named Alfred Noble. Back in 1888, he was reading the newspaper. True story. Now, Noble was a Swedish chemist. He made a fortune. He was rich. What, how did he make it? By producing dynamite. Hmm. Now, his, he had a brother named Ludwig, and his brother Ludwig died in France. But this particular day, Alfred Noble was torn apart because the newspaper got it wrong. For some reason, the newspaper thought that Alfred had passed away, not his brother. So he's reading his obituary in a French newspaper. And the headline of this obituary said this, The merchant of death is dead. Because Alfred Noble has spent his life producing dynamite and getting rich off of it. And he realized, that's not what I want to be known for. The merchant of death is dead? And he's reading his own obituary. And so from that point on, 
Alfred Noble decided to change things in his life. Because, of course, he was prior to that known as a man who had gotten rich by helping people kill one another. But he resolved to change things by changing his... Was he rich? Yes. But he wanted to change his legacy. So he lived eight more years. And what he did was, at that time, believe it or not, he left $9 million, which back in the late 1800s, whole lot of money. He left more than $9 million to fund awards for people whose work benefited from humanity. Today, these awards are known as the Nobel Peace Prizes. All because he was reading his obituary and didn't like what he was reading. Now, I doubt any of us are going to end up reading our obituary. You know, but what would it look like down the road when we do close out our years here on this earth? How will you be known? Will you be known as someone who invested in others and invested in the kingdom of God? And because you tithed, because you gave, God was glorified. Today, we're going to issue a challenge to you. Why is this all important? Why is giving generously so important? Well, we're Christ followers, and it's what we do. It's what we do. I wouldn't stand up here and say, oh, I'm a Christian, and if I didn't tithe, then I'd be a hypocrite because it's like, okay, I don't, I don't have enough faith. Would it be right for me to stand up in front of you as your pastor and say, you know, guys, I don't have enough faith today to tithe. I mean, I, I, I'm going to be the first one to tell you it, it's not easy, but I tithe because I want to honor God. And God has blessed me time and time and time again because I invest in the kingdom of God. Five things is a quick review before we close. What does generosity do? It tests your faith. It indicates where your priorities are. It triggers God's blessings. It honors God. And it expands your influence. So we're going to do something here since our topic is tithing and giving. Something that we've never done here before at Fortress Church. We're going to to do a 90-day tithing challenge beginning today. And what, what is this all about? Many of you tithe. Some of you do not tithe. And we're not here to condemn those of you who do not tithe and give to God. It's between you and God. Some, but I, I, one of the things you know is me as a pastor, I'm always trying to take your spiritual life to another level. Is tithing spiritual? Yeah, because it's about faith. Is faith spiritual? Faith is spiritual. Say yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> and I'm going to challenge you to take your faith to another level. And part of faith is tithing. Now, what is a 90-day challenge? Okay, here's, here's what it is. There is one of these in your in your envelope, in your uh, bulletin, rather, that you got when you entered the, the sanctuary. If you can pull it out, if you, you're welcome to pull it out. Pretty much a lot of what this says summarizes a few of the points that we made today. And um, I'm going to issue a challenge to every one of us. Some of you are tithers, amen. Some of you are not tithers. But for everybody, if you're willing to test God in this, we read from Malachi 3 that we can test God in this. Nowhere else in the scriptures does it give you and I Permission to test God, except in this one area, tithing. It gives us permission to do it. So we're going to test God. Is that okay? We're just going to obey God. So if you want to do this and be part of the tithing challenge, here's the deal. Some of you say, I just don't know if this is going to work. Okay. That's a legitimate response. So here's the deal. If you commit yourself to tithing for 90 days, fill this out, submit it, and after 90 days, which is April the 14th, 
day before tax day, huh? Yeah. If on April 14th, you believe you've been tithing for 90 days, you believe that God has not blessed you, all you got to do is come back to Fortress Church and say, Fortress, um, can I have my money back? We'll say, sure. We'll write you a check and you get your money back. It's as simple as that. And you say, what? A money back guarantee? Yes. And you say, why? Because we believe in a big God. Can I tell you something? I have no doubt in the world that God's going to bless you. I really don't. I have enough faith to believe that God's going to bless you. Now, would you join with me in having that faith? If you want to test God for 90 days, now, we need you to fill this out because anybody who's going to be part of this, we need to keep track of the money you give to the church, okay? That's why we need this. So that we'll know, okay, this is how much you're going to give to the church or from, from January 14th to April the 14th, we'll keep track of how much you've tied to the church. And once again, if you believe that God has not blessed you during these 90 days, okay, you're going to have a couple weeks after that. If you say, Fortress, can I have my money back for these 90 days that I've given? Sure. You don't even have to give us a reason. You don't have to give us a reason. We'll just give back, okay? Now, I realize it's a step of faith, but I believe in a big God. Fortress Church is a church that believes in a big God. And I believe that God will bless you. I have no doubt about it. So if you're a tither, or currently you're not a tither, we're not going to judge you. But if you want to fill it out, fill it out. In a few minutes, when we have time in prayer, I invite you to come and bring it to the baskets here in the front. This is your way of saying, I accept the challenge. I'm going to, for 90 days, tithe and see what God does for us. You can leave these back over there. The other thing you can do, if, if you don't feel like you want to um, write it out on this card, you can actually text 90 to the number 210 to sign up electronically. You can do that. And we'll sign you up for the tithing challenge. And once you do, we'll keep track of any of the tithes that you give from today all the way through April the 14th. And some, some of you have said, that is a... That is a crazy idea, Pastor Andy. You know what? I'm crazy about God, and I'm crazy about what God's going to do for your life. Amen? I really am, okay? And I want God to bless you. I want the best of God's blessings to, to come over you in, in, in a powerful way. And um, it's, it, it, you're going to be blessed. Anybody ready for the blessings of God? Amen? I believe. Now, he, he, let me tell you something. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago as we started 2018 that I believe this is going to be a year of God's favor, and I stand on that. But if we're going to receive God's favor, we need to do our part, okay? It doesn't mean we're going to sit around on a lazy boy and say, God, will the checks come in? And we're, no, no, we got to do our part, and God will do his part, amen? And you're going to trust God like you've never trusted him before, I believe you're going to have faith in God like you've never had faith in him before. And so for the next few minutes, we're going to open up a time of prayer. We're going to, some of you are filling this out, and some of you can do it electronic. That's fine. We're going to take some time to pray in just a few minutes. But I'm, I'm challenging your faith, okay? And I'm challenging your faith.
what is this all about? Well, Pastor Randy wants me to take my faith to another level. Yeah, that's right, okay? And once we do, we're going to experience the best of God's blessings. In just a few minutes, we're going to take some time to pray. Now, some of you have walked into God's house, and, and you, you say, oh, this is a message on tithing and giving. I, I really needed to hear a different kind of message. Can I tell you something? This message is about the blessings of God. And when you give to God, not just your tithe, but you give God the entirety of your heart, you're going to be blessed. If you're dealing with a health issue, you're going to be blessed. And we're going to pray over you. If you're dealing with a marriage issue, we want your marriage to be blessed. If you're dealing with a family issue or problems with your son or daughter, you're going to be blessed. And it all comes when we give God the best of our heart. Everything that we bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. It's not bless the Lord, oh my soul, and 80% of what is within me. Many people hold back when it comes to the, the money part, huh? Can we give God our best? Can we give God all that we are? That's my challenge for you today. And I want you to live the rest of your life in the blessings of God.